you have your Bible tonight, turn with me to Psalms chapter 27. Psalms chapter 27 and verse 8. When thou saidst, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me, put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. I titled the message tonight, Seeking God. Now what does it really mean to seek God? You know, all of us try to seek God when we need Him. But, and a lot of times we will even say that we are trying to seek God's will for our life. But you know, I spend a lot of time not really seeking too hard. Now, my biggest problem, and I was talking to a friend last night, and this is apparently his biggest problem too, but my one of my biggest problems is just laziness. And that is something I, I have to work hard to overcome. Um, you may have the same problem, you may have a different problem, but all of us have something that that interferes with our relationship with God. And one of my biggest problems is I'll run hot for a week or two. And then all of a sudden, unexplainably, I just forget what I was doing. I I just lose my head and decide that I'm just going to take some time off. I don't know why I do this. I don't understand it. But what I'm trying to tell you is that My intentions are to seek God. But wanting to do something and doing it are two different things. I want God's will for my life, but seeking God's will, really trying to make sure His will is being put in place in my life is is a totally different thing. So I begin to think about that. What does it mean to seek God's will? And I looked at this Scripture and God was telling David that He said, Seek ye my face. And David responded and said, Thy face will I seek. And I began to think about that. What does it mean to seek the face of God? Because you know a lot of times, especially in the Old Testament, They use words and phrases in ways that we don't really understand. But Now, y'all tell me if you think I'm wrong, but I began to think about this, and I I don't know if it was the Holy Spirit that spoke it to me. I didn't read this in a book anywhere, but the feeling that I get when I hear the word, seek my face, is to... Well, you think about what a face is for. A, A face is how you recognize somebody. Now, many times I've thought I recognize somebody from behind and walk up to them and tap them on the shoulder and they turn around and that ain't the person I thought it was. But I didn't understand that until I saw their face. 
So when God says, seek my face, to me that means that I need to be seeking God's character. I need to understand what God looks like. In order to do that, we've talked about this many times before, knowing the Word of God is a way to understand how God acts and how God thinks and to know how God responds to certain things. So when we begin to seek God's face, that means we can begin to understand what God wants in our life. We begin to not only understand, but we begin to recognize when God has moved in our life. You know, it's real easy for us to overlook that stuff a lot of times because a lot of times God moves in ways we don't understand. But when we're seeking God's face, when we're really trying to find Him in everything, it, it becomes easier to recognize Him. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 4. I've got a few different scriptures for you tonight. Second Timothy chapter 4, and we're going to read verses 7 and 8. It says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which, is, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all of them that love His appearing. Now, this is what those that seek God have to look forward to. That's what Paul is talking about here. He's talking about, look, I'm at the end of my life. But what I have done is I have finished this course. I have, during my life, been seeking God and I'm now at the end of it. I think that must have meant he, he found Him. I think it means that He realizes that His work is complete and He has finished up what God had Him to do. Now what He said there is He said that He's coming back after a people that love His appearing. Now I want you all to think about that for a minute. I've heard a lot of people say, I want God to come back, but don't really necessarily want Him to come back tomorrow. I'm ready to go to heaven, but I just don't really want to go today. Have y'all heard people say that before? Well, you know, there's things I want to do in this life, but let me tell you something. If God wants to come back tomorrow, come on. Now, there is people that call themselves Christians that treasure things in this world above Jesus' return. Now, this Scripture says that He's coming back after those that love His appearing, not those that dread it. That's not the people He's coming for. He's not coming for those people that are excited about living out a full and long life. He's coming after those people that are anxiously awaiting His return. And let me tell you something, I could care less if I live one more day on this earth. I'm looking forward to His return. There's going to come a time when 
He steps out on that cloud, and I hope it's during my lifetime. I hope that's something I will get to see from this side. But it's going to be awesome when He comes back. And I'm not going to be sitting here hanging on to something in this world because I know there's something on the other side that's even better. Now, if you're seeking God in your life, if you're really wanting to see Him move, you're not going to be worried about something that's in this world that you want to see done. You know, I want to see my kids grow up. But I believe when Jesus comes back, they're going to be with me. I'm not concerned about seeing them grow up on in this sinful world because I'll see them on the other side. So what are you hanging on to? What is the reason why you would rather exist on this world than to see His coming? If we're really seeking God, if we really want to see God's will done, we're not hanging on to these worldly things. Turn over to Isaiah 55. Start in verse 6. Isaiah 55 and verse 6. Seek ye the Lord while He may be found. Call ye upon Him while He is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord. And He will have mercy upon him and to our God, for He will abundantly pardon. You know, we don't know what tomorrow brings. Today may be our last chance to seek God. And this Scripture is telling us that we need to be seeking the Lord while He may be found. It also tells us what we need to do in order to be truly seeking God. It says we need to forsake those wicked ways and turn from those unrighteous thoughts. Unfortunately, there is a lot of wicked ways and unrighteous thoughts that we enjoy. I know I can say that, so y'all can say that too. What's good for me is good for you. But he said, seek Him while He may be found. That means don't waste another minute thinking, I can put this off to later. I can seek God in my own time. Because there may come a point when God is not near anymore. When, when that time has ran out. So you might ought to forsake those wicked things now. You might want to turn from those unrighteous ways is what he's trying to tell us. 1 John 1 and 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, it's just that easy. And I know all of you here know that. There's no point in us... You know, why do we hang on to some of those things? I don't understand why I entertain a lot of that stuff in my life. I allow it to be there. I know there's a part of me that wants 
to seek God on a daily basis and see His will fulfilled in my life. But there's another part of me that could care less. And I know you all the same way. I know you see those kind of... Why do we do that? We know those things are not good for us. We know that stuff is not... It's not holy, it's not pure, it's not something God would have us to be a part of. But we still let a little of it in every now and then, don't we? Why is it so hard for us to seek God? I mean, to really truly spend our time most effectively serving Him. Well, if you struggle like I do, and I know you do, I, I think my, my problem is not feeding the right person. I'm feeding that natural man more than I ought to be. Another problem I think a lot of us have, let me just answer, point this out with a question. At what point do you feel like you've found out enough about God? You know, the more I study and learn about God, the more interesting He becomes. The more I want to know about Him. But you know, there are some people that decide, well, I'm saved. I remember them them stories from Sunday school. I go to church on Sunday, but that's enough for me. And and they're content just riding a level plane the rest of their life. But... That's, I don't know, that's not enough for me. The more I try to learn about God, like I said, the more interesting He becomes. You know, you get back in the Old Testament and, and you start reading through the book of Genesis and you start seeing things that you kind of glazed over the first couple times and you start wondering, well, what did that really mean? So you dig a little deeper. When we really seek God, those, those kind of things start to come out. And you'll start to see things that make these people that seemed so big and awesome and great, and you start realizing those people were just human. You know, they had the same problems that we had. Noah wasn't any better than anybody else other than the fact that he wanted to seek God for his life. He, he, after the flood I was reading, he got drunk. You know, so he wasn't infallible. He was human. You look at somebody like Elijah, a great prophet. He was seeking God for his life. He he was much greater than than most of the others that you read about. But you know, there was a time when he let fear come in, and and he decided that instead of trying to face this thing down, I'm just going to run from it. I'm going to get out of here. He's, he's, he was human. You know, so as we read that Word, we start to see that these people that seem like mythical giants to us, that seem like they were just so well connected with God, still had problems and issues. You know, I'm not trying to tell you that you're okay living like that because they did, because... You look at somebody like David. Oh man, he was he was so close to God. He God said God even said. Now listen, when God says something like this, it means something. God said that he was a man after his own heart. 
But David messed up. David had problems. But you know what? David repented. David turned from them wicked ways. He, be- he began to uh, once again seek God for his life. Now, <clears throat> a lot of that stuff is a great example for us. It's easy for us to just kind of get complacent and, and stop seeking God and everything. But y'all need to really think tonight. Are you really longing for His appearing? Now I know some of us, the older we get, the things in this life are not as wonderful as they used to be. And, and you know, I'm not trying to make y'all feel old. I really, I'm not. But what I'm, I, I know that as some people get older, you know, they lose loved ones. They, and it seems more and more, I've, I've heard several people say that it, it seems like all the people they knew are gone. And it gets to the point where you long for that same thing. But that's not what I'm talking about tonight. I'm not talking about longing for death just to get rid of the terrible things here. I'm talking about longing to see Jesus' return. Longing to see His people brought to the place where they're supposed to be, into that inheritance that was given to us. You know, seeking God does not mean longing for death. Seeking God means wanting to see God's will accomplished, not only in your own life, but listen, God's will goes outside of yourself. God's will is bigger than you are. And a lot of times, seeing God's will accomplished means that has to do with the effect that you have on other people and the things that they then go on and do. So when we're seeking God, we need to not only thinking about ourselves. We get so selfish sometimes. We start thinking about God. You know, what can? What are you going to do for me? What are you going to do through me? Because that's how we think about everything. We think about everything in terms of us. All I know is that seeking God needs to be priority in our life. You know, I'm going to get up tomorrow and I'm going to go to work and I'm going to have things to do when I get to work. I've already got things planned out to some degree this next week. But you know, in all of those plans, I never once included seeking God on one of those days. I never once stopped and wrote on my calendar, today is the day I'm going to seek God. You know why? Because it hasn't been priority. Now, you look at my entire life all over, there is an underlying theme of seeking God. But on a day-to-day basis, how often do you think about What is it that God wants done today? What is it that God would have me to be doing today? How is it that God would have me to be acting today? Part of putting God first in your life is also putting Him first 
in your plans. If we stop planning our lives around how we feel about things and how we think things ought to happen for us and start planning them around what God would have us to be doing, it's going to change the way we see things. You know, I attended this class one time. It was called the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And there's very few things I remember about that class. I guess I'm not highly effective, but there's one thing that stuck with me, and I believe I've shared the story with y'all before, so I won't do that again. But it is about a paradigm shift. And what that's talking about is you may feel a certain way today about something, but certain events can happen, or you may come to the knowledge of something that will totally change the way you view that situation. We need to have a paradigm shift. We need to turn our we need sometimes you have to just take a step back from yourself and look at the situation and see, man, I didn't handle that very good. Sometimes we have to take a step back and see what was it that God wanted me to learn out of that situation? What is it that when this comes up the next time, how would God have me handle that? That is what seeking God is all about. That's what, when, when He says, seek ye my face, that's what He's talking about. He's talking about not just looking at what the face of God looks like. That has nothing to do with it. He's talking about trying to apply in your life the way God would handle situations. 